This podcast is part of the ACAST Creator Network. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, my guest today is one of the greatest players we've ever produced in Ireland, north or south, and also one of the greatest players ever to play for Liverpool. Ronnie Whelan, uh, thanks very much for doing this, Ronnie. Not a problem, Eamon. Um, you're a home farm boy, and normally I don't like uh, people who play <laughs> for home farm because they were all posh boys and we were Stella Marge. Posh from Fingless. Yeah. <laughs> um, you had a, a fantastic schoolboy career, um, and unlike most of us you didn't go away uh, when you were 15 uh, you went away I think when you were 17 mm. uh, and uh, of course I should say that I saw your dad play Ronnie for Pats in a really good Pats side yeah. that I think won the cup was it 57? I think I think a medal I had was 61 I think 61 yeah right and it, uh, so you came from you had a great pedigree your brother played as well yep and brother nephew lot of draw my dad played a draw and my, my brother played a draw and bowls rovers um, um, Gavin my nephew scored for draw the, the, the winner at the Aviva which is now the Aviva in the cup final yeah. a few years back so yeah it's a, it's a strong football family could you have gone away at 15 yeah Man United um, I'd been at Man United from 13 every yeah. more, more or less every school holiday at Man United right um, when I was 15 they offered me an apprenticeship. My dad didn't want me to go. Uh, and I he wanted you to finish your education? Yeah. And what were you doing? Were you doing the leaving? I finished me leaving. You did? In, when I was 17. Then I went on trial to Liverpool. Man United didn't really come back in then after I, after I said, no, I still trained with them after the, I, right. I didn't sign as an apprentice. Um, Who was the manager for United in those Tommy years? Dock. Tommy Dock, yeah. Yeah. Right. So it was the, it was the Stuart Pearson, the Greenhoffs, yeah. and Jerry yeah. Daly, and all that team. Yeah. So I used to be training alongside them at the old the Cliff training yeah. ground. So um, yeah, I would have really wanted to go to Manchester United at fifteen. I pleaded with my dad, and dad, nobody will ever come back in. Mm. And my dad said they will come back in, finish school, and then we'll see where we go. Yeah, and you you played uh, League of Ireland for a while. I mean, I think you made your debut for Home Farm. Uh, when you were 16? Yeah, just a, a week after me 16. Yeah, practice. I mean, looking after, looking back on that, would that have been a good experience in terms of gaining experience, playing with players who were older than you, more experienced than you? I thought that was, I, when I look back on it, I thought it was great because I wasn't going away and playing with 15-year-olds and 16-year-olds. I'm now yeah. 16, 
playing against men, grown men. Right. Um, Joe Bourke at Bowles. These yeah. people I'm playing against. Um, heroes of League of Ireland. But I think I'm, I learned how to look after myself and I learned a lot more playing against men than I would have if I had gone away at 16. Yeah, it's interesting that if you look at the present Irish team, uh, Seamus Coleman played League of Ireland, mm. Wes Hoonahan uh, played League of Ireland as well and then went away, you know, later. Yeah. Uh, and there's something to be said for that. If, if I had a son now who was in that age bracket and was desperate to get away, I'd be inclined to say if you go to one of the big clubs, if they need a player, they're not going to look in the reserves. Uh, they tend to buy real quick. I mean, Chelsea have a lot of players like that. Manchester United the same. There's something to be said, isn't there? Yeah. For but, gaining the experience in the League of Ireland. Yes, um, but I think it was Quinny. I was talking to Quinny recently and he'd been speaking to somebody from an academy in, in, in Man City or Arsenal or whatever. They want the kids there at 12, 13 years of age yeah. to teach them from that age. They feel that they lose an awful lot if they don't go away at 12, 13. I could have never gone away at 12 or 13. No. But they're looking at kids this young now to take them away, to get them into the system that they want to do. Yeah, there's a nine-year-old nine Irish lad of Barcelona, I, it's, I believe. It's, it's, um, and the whole family go. Uh, it's 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 not too bad, is it? If your mum and dad and all that come away with you and, you, and they get your dad yeah. in or your your mum in a job and you, you you've got your well, family. That's what Messi you. did, for example, in Barcelona, yeah. took yeah. the whole family. Um, but it's it's a big punt because oh, yeah. uh, there's a long way from being a prodigious kid to being a, a real player. I've seen so many. I mean, go through Liverpool when I was yeah. there as an apprentice, and he's going to yeah. be a great player. And he's going to be a great player, and then they don't get a, a pro contract. And you never hear them again after yeah. that. Now, Bob Paisley was the manager when, when you went yeah. there. And they had just been through a glorious phase, hadn't they? I went in 79. Who, was, who were the great players there? Uh, it was the team of Clemens, Phil Neal, Phil Thompson, Alan Hansen. Mark Lawrenson. No, Laurel's own came with me. Right. Uh, Laurel was like 80, 81, I think, yeah. when Laurel came along. But it was, it was Ray Kennedy, Jimmy Case, Sooners, Terry Mack. Doug yeah. Leash, David Johnson. Yeah. Then we started pushing through in 80, 81. And Rush was he in that team? Rush? Myself and Rush were then pushing through with Laurel right. and Steve Nichol and Craig Johnson and them. We, uh, Bob, Bob once said that winning the league in 81 was one of his biggest achievements because he had to break up a team who'd won the European Cup in 79 and 81. Yes. Now he was getting rid of Ray Kennedy, Ray Clements, all these players, and then having to bring in a load of young fellas. Mm. And we were 12th in the league at Christmas with all these young kids coming in. Right. And then we went on, luckily, we went on and won the league. And Bob thinks that was one of his greatest achievements, to change a whole winning team yeah. and then win a league again after that. Now, Bob Paisley is one of the great... Um, I, I don't know why, honestly. Well, this we is what I'm going to ask you. But we, well, we know what he won. Three, yeah. three European so, Cups? Yeah. yeah. And how many leagues? God, I don't know how many leagues. I know he won three European Cups. Right. Now, he took over... He, there was a transition. Uh, he was Bill Shankly's yeah. uh, assistant. Um, and there was this uh, whole uh, myth or cult of the boot room and the wisdom that came out of it and all of that yeah. now, an awful lot of stuff might be hyped but as you witnessed it what, what, was, what, what was he like personally was he gruff he always looked gruff it could be it yeah. could be funny at times. You loved horse racing as well. Yeah. You know, you'd be waiting for him to Always come in the dressing room. Yeah, yeah. Right? You'd be waiting for him to come in the dressing room before the game to give you a team talk, and it'd be like twenty to three, and you'd think, "Where's Bob?" But he's watching the half two, yeah. so he had to come in then and yeah. give his team. But 
I mean, honestly, you couldn't understand him half the time because he spoke in yet and that and him and wing and yeah. Like, Where's he going, from? What are you on about? He was a Geordie. A Geordie, right? Yeah. And but, had um, he played? Oh yes, he played. He missed the cup final for Liverpool in sixty something. Don't know what year. Yeah. Because he, he, I think he was dropped for the cup final. Right. Um, but he, he was very, very clever. He knew how to build teams, which I think great managers do. Ferguson right. done it. Kenny did it a fair bit with Liverpool as well. Yeah. They build teams. All the fellas move out, they move someone in and they get a starter as good, if not better. That was Bob the great was thing about Liverpool. They made successful transitions. Yeah. And United had tried after Busby uh, yeah. and failed yeah. in their transition uh, period. They had Ron Atkins and they had... Uh, old, wasn't it? Well, they had Tommy Dock, uh, Wilf McGuinness, Frank O'Farrell. Yeah. Uh, and Dave Sexton so they had five uh, managers before they got to Ferguson mm. and Liverpool at that stage were transitioning successfully yeah uh, Bob they say didn't want the, the job really he was comfortable enough where he was coach and I think that goes down the line as well to Joe Fagan Ronnie Moran never wanted it they didn't really want to be the main yeah. man but they took the job and, and they well, they all say they learned off Shankly mm. Um you hear so many things that, that this phrase Shankly has come out where I don't want people I'd rather if he's not trying I'd rather he be in jail you know this sort yeah. of things he had to get people who were going to play for yeah. Liverpool that was the, the thing but Bob Paisley takes someone like Ray Kennedy won a double with Arsenal centre forward yes. with John Radford right? and he brings him to Liverpool and plays him left side of midfield and he's yeah. absolutely magnificent he right. sees things or he saw things in players this is I knowledge. played left midfield I know I mean, yes I, I came as a sort of what you call an inside forward at the time yes. but Bob put me on the left and I got and ahead of Sheeds in the end Kevin Sheedy yeah, yeah. which everybody thought there was no chance of because Sheeds was a naturally left footed left side Bob Paisley saw something that I could do the job there so he's seeing things yeah well that's the, that's yeah. the greatness of him the, on, I mean all the talk now is of tactics an awful lot of it but really the players are so much I mean you, you know you know what it's like if you've got a good good players with a good mentality yeah. you don't really have to tell them an awful lot mm. you know go out well honestly it really was most of the time go out and enjoy and yeah I, I, the team how you got in the side then you were out for a while then you got back as a regular how yeah. long did that process take I got in it was eight one I played I played one game that season scored against Stoke City at Anfield on my debut then I didn't get back in I was sort of around around the first yeah. team sub here and there but not really getting in and then I come on against Man City at Anfield when we lost 3-1 at Christmas when we were 12th in the league and then I stayed in the team more or less after that for, till the end of that playing season. the left side of, of playing midfield. left side of midfield yeah Ray Kennedy was struggling then and when's the what was the first trophy uh, League Cup in 82 against Man United, against Tottenham sorry yeah right and I was lucky to score two that day at Wembley on my de Wembley debut so my debuts were yeah. alright for me um, yeah. but uh, we won the League Cup that year and then went on to win the league was Daglish on that side yeah there was Daglish Sooners yeah Phil Neal yeah I, I mean Lolo. they were great players I was to play with these players you know yeah. when you go away as a 17 18 year old and you're thinking yeah. you know, you're, you're, you're shy you're looking at Douglas Souness, I'm never going to get a game here. I said <laughs> yeah. that to me dad. I said, "How am I going to get a game?" Yeah. Um, but you stick at it and you learn off them. I thought what's happening at Liverpool now for me is great that they're going back to having everybody in the one training ground. They right. had two different training grounds. They had the um, Kirby and uh, Melwood. 
and the kids were all at Kirby and the first team would be at Melwood. Now it's all going to be integrated now up in Kirby because yeah. I, I think it was great for an apprentice kid or a kid like me coming off a, a training session and then watching the first team training. Yes. You yeah. stand there in awe and, yeah. and, and you would hope and you'd think, God, I'd love to be there someday. Yeah. You don't get that if you've got two separate entities. They want to be together for me. The other thing that strikes me about those players and that team, that particular team, is people talk now about teams that don't have leaders. Plenty of leaders in that wasn't a character we know. I mean, Sunez, Daglish, of course. Tomo, Phil Thompson. Thompson, yeah. Phil Neal. Hanson was a leader. Yeah. You know, he, did, he didn't shout an awful lot. No. But he got annoyed now and again, and, you know, you knew where you stood with him. But then when you talk about Sunez, Daglish, these people, they were. Yeah. They were people you go into battle with. Yes. And as a young kid, which we had four or five coming into the team at that time, we we were prepared to go in behind these yeah. and do what we thought they're doing is right, so we were gonna do that. And the the big rivals at that stage were uh, the mid eighties was Everton, really. Everton, yeah. But you've always got your Howard Kendall was the manager. Yeah, there. they won the league, didn't they, in eighty five? You played Everton in the cup final. 86 and 89 that I was at I remember they <laughs> Liverpool fans they booed I think it was the Duke of Gloucester or oh, one of those guys <laughs> when he came out to be introduced to the players <laughs> and I was at the, I was in the press box and I heard these boos yeah. uh, it was quite funny I mean did it strike you when you were on the pitch that no, I no wouldn't. you wouldn't even wouldn't Registered. No, no, not at all. Okay, maybe you were a secret royalist. Well, no, secret royalist. No. <laughs> yeah. uh, now, one of the terrible things, there were two terrible tragedies while you were playing for Liverpool. Uh, the Heisel Stadium in 1985, yeah. European Cup final against uh, Juventus, um, and of course Hillsborough in 1989. Uh, the Heisel uh, tragedy... Um, how did it affect uh, the players on the field you were playing Juventus you lost the game Platini scored the winner I yeah. think yeah. Um, how did it affect you did you Most know definitely. what was going on yeah we, we knew there was casualties we didn't know could you many. describe when did it, uh, we, we did we it start on the before pitch. the game yeah you could see things were heating up before the game we went out on the pitch before the game and walked around to where our fans were and you could you could see it was an old stadium, you know. Even from being a yes. player, you could sense this is this is just not fit to hold. It. Yeah, it was just and there's a running track, and then it wasn't. I don't know. It wasn't safe for whatever reason. But because we were because our fans were there, we went and sort of to see them. But when we got back in the dressing room and we're changing, and then you hear you things start to filter through. Yes, uh, the game's going to be delayed ten minutes. A little bit of crowd trouble. Half an hour. To, couple of people hurt um, it might be a little bit longer there's, there's one or two may have died and then you're sitting there thinking what what's going on there's people yeah. dying what you know what are we going to do is it and then it got so long it was like well you're hearing more people have died and you're thinking well what's the point yes and I think it was FIFA or UEFA whoever it be UEFA. said we want you to play the game UEFA, we yeah. have to get the game on and get yeah. it over with and, yeah. and these were I mean uh, for people who would know I mean these were Liverpool fans, it seems, that were attacking a, the Juventus fans. It's an overflow, they say, yes. from the year before, when we when we played in Rome. Oh, when you won? When we won in Rome. They, yeah. By all accounts, and I wasn't there to see it, but people tell you that when Liverpool fans left the ground, 
there was no police escorts there was no real looking after them and the event or the Roma fans had come out from all sides okay. and and basically beat them up yeah now I should say that in Rome uh, you won European Cup you won that one on penalties in, in yeah. a penalty shootout yeah. you didn't take a penalty Ronnie I didn't I was hiding somewhere I was, <laughs> I was in the piano with the lid down I wasn't, I wasn't having a go well, it, that, I think there was probably me, Loro, and Michael Robinson, three Irish. Me and Robbo and Mike, and me, Loro, M- Robbo. Yeah. And I think it would, was between the three of us who was next. So. Yeah. And who took it? No, that there was that was after, oh, after Alan Kennedy. Yeah, that was after Alan Kennedy. The feeling, of, the feeling of winning, you know, the European Cup. It's, it's twenty twenty two, I think it was. Yeah. To to win a European Cup, yeah. it was all happening so. Quick and I was probably I probably was taking things for granted. Then you win the league cup and the league three years on the trot, and then you go into a European Cup final at 22 years of age. It's it's mm. seven trophies in three years or something. Yeah. It's just remarkable. And, but you, yeah. you just go along and you probably become blase about it. Me and Russia used to room together, and we we'd never say anything like "Isn't this great?" It was like, yeah, well, this is what we do. Yeah, and English clubs. I mean, Liverpool had won had dominated uh, and had been, you know, hugely successful in the European Cup. Had I heard of Notts Forest, Villa, into Liverpool? Yeah, I mean, Villa won it in, I think it was 92, was it or something? I'm not sure. But, I mean, the idea of Aston Villa winning uh, what is now the Champions League is bizarre. Um, To go back to the Heisel, I mean, you lost the match 1-0. Do you feel that what happened on the pitch, what happened off the pitch, Influenced the game. Flipping influenced the referee in the last couple of minutes when I was taken down by Bonini, and it was the most definite penalty you'll ever see. But yeah, it's, I, I I moaned at the time, but I couldn't be bothered really in the yeah, end. Yeah. I've seen it on video since I've seen the game, and I, mm. I, I don't know why I watched it. I probably watched it just to see was it, was my mind playing tricks on me. But yeah. it was a complete and utter penalty that you you, you had to give. The and that was before the time of diving. I mean, there'd be no question of simulation I, I, or anything I'd like seen that. I seen him coming. I knew I'd just get there before him. Right. And I just nicked it away, and then he took me out. Um, but what? who cares? That was. It was. That was. <laughs> it was, was that's been a professional selfish reason that I wanted yeah. to to get the penalty and win the European Cup but after, after it all said and done I was just going just give it to them and let's let's go home this is Paige the co-host of Giggly Squad and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box and if you break it down it really comes out to two dollars a manicure which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Now, um, around that time, uh, Ireland had a change of team manager. You were playing for who did you make your debut against? Uh, Czechoslovakia. Yeah. I came on for Jerry, I think. Jerry Daly. Jerry Daly. We right. won 3 1. That was an own hands. Own. Coming towards the end of own, was it? That was um, own who gave me that. No, that was, that was, it was a little bit before own went. Yeah, own went in 86. Yeah, and that, that was. God, that was 81, 82, I think. So right. I had four or five years up with Owen. Okay. And nearly qualified. I came close to qualifying. Yeah, and it was different in those days because there was no weak nations. My full debut was in the game against France when we beat them 3 2. Right. Yeah. Um, and they went they went through on goal difference or something, didn't they, in the yeah. end of that campaign? That we yeah. couldn't, we, we nearly went through that campaign. But that was the great France team. And me, again, me as a 19, 20 year old playing against they won the Gires and. They won the European Championship. Tigana, all these. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they won it that, yeah. Um, great, great team. But uh, yeah, that was the start of my my Ireland career. I now, Jack arrived in, <laughs> in 1986. Yeah. Um, uh, what was your first impression of him? I wasn't. Um, it was one of them where you think, what, is this going to work? Um, I suppose I just, I just said the background. Because a he managed uh, Middlesbrough. Yeah. I played against his Middlesbrough team, which Graham S played in mm-hmm. uh, uh, before he got to Liverpool. Yeah. He played for Jack, and they were very well organised. Uh, but they banged it forward real quick mm-hmm. and got up behind the ball. I was playing for Millwall, yeah. so that was his that was his That's preferred his style. And he did the same at Sheffield Wednesday. It didn't work quite so well. Middlesbrough won the what's yeah, now the championship by. Sixteen points. I mean, they were really, really good side. I mean, it was a way of playing football, but as a midfielder, you're not going to be. No. This is great. I love this. I, I, I didn't. I, I, I'm honest. I didn't like playing that way of football. I wanted to get on the ball, but I don't yeah. think Jack had the faith or the, or the. I mean, how did he put it to people? This I is mean, what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah. And you, well, we all know what Jack is like now. Yeah. We didn't at the time, but this is. He, he was like that then. He, he, he would get it in the corners. And he said that this is it. I mean, this is a team now, uh, and it's, it totally fascinates me because I lived through it as a journalist and as a fan. Um, this is a team with Paul McGrath, Mark Lawrenson, Kevin Moran, Ronnie Whelan, uh, Liam, Liam Brady, uh, Ray, uh, Ray Houghton, uh, John Aldridge, uh, Sheedy, Kevin Sheedy, uh, a really classy team. There was plenty of players there, wasn't it? Yeah, quality. 
Um, now, one game in particular I do remember. There was a key game. I think it was it was against Scotland away mm. in uh, and it was uh, eighty seven. I think because we went to the Euros. It was in the Euros. Went to eighty eight, didn't we? Yeah. And the, our, the team was Ronnie Whelan left back. Yep. Which was funny. Uh, the two best centre halves in England, possibly Mark Lawrence and Paul McGrath in midfield. Paul played right back that day. Did play right for, back for yeah. Davy Cooper. Right, but Paul and that was Kevin and Mick. Right back. Kevin and Mick McCarthy, uh, who hit the heart of the fans. Yeah. Mark Lawrence scored the winner. Mark Lawrence and Chippy, Liam, Ray yeah. and yeah. Ray and Sheeds, I think it was, and Frank and, and Aldo. I think that was that was the team. Yeah, and you beat Scotland one 0 and I just thought it was very funny to see you playing left back I, I played because, a bit with Liverpool at left back yeah um, when Jim I think it was when Jim broke his leg yeah so I wasn't no, I, you, I, I could play there I could well you were able to adapt because you had a, very, well, that, a great football brain which was and it, instincts and the brain and all the sort of you know all the things you learn on the street really yeah when they talk about street footballers just in passing Ronnie I mean the point I would always try to make is that you've acquired all this wisdom uh, and the football nous mm. before you're 15. Like, you yeah, know things. Just, you, yeah. you know uh, things. Yeah. You had to get out of tight corners. How to, You'd have a feeling for it, don't you? Yeah, well, and if you're playing a street game and it's five against five or ten against ten, when you haven't got the ball and you have to defend, you learn how to defend, even if you're a ball just player. Isn't that yeah, right? Well, you're doing it on the street and you just getting back and, and trying yeah. to stop someone from going yeah. past you so you learn how to to adjust your body or adapt yeah. and a lot you know you mentioned street football you've used it a lot other people starting to use it now yeah I was using it for a long time using it for a long time ago because I, well I just wonder because if you kind of agree with me that I I don't think anyone can coach you or teach you to do things you do by instinct that you've learned yourself yeah because you were playing in a game without a referee with coats for goals or lampposts or you know mm -hmm. some improvised game yeah. and you were smaller maybe like adults could play as well guys could join in so you had to work this game out for yourself <laughs> and by the time it, it didn't mean you didn't improve you got stronger you maybe learned little things yeah. but the, all the big things and I wonder now you're one of our greatest players how much did you have of the stuff in your mind and your instincts when you were 15? My belief is that you, you'd, have, you'd have it all, but it just needed to be assembled and put into practice. Um, you could, could well be right, but, but you did. So I, was, you, I felt I was ready to go away at 15. Yeah. I'd been away and I'd seen what other teams Man United had yeah. and I felt I was as good if not better than yeah, yeah. all their apprentices yeah. um, but I'd not learned that at Manchester United I'd learned that at home I'd yeah. learned that on my own kicking the ball against the wall yeah. for hours yeah. now this this 10,000 hours of, of coaching in some manual to get you to a higher level uh, you, you have to be coached properly it has to come obviously. from inside though you have to learn the thing yourself yeah, but you have to be uh, you have to be able or ha to be willing to go out in the street on your own and kick the ball against yeah. the curb for an hour and, and just come back at you any way you feel and be able to control it after that and it, it, surely because kids can't do that anymore and don't do it that's gone yeah 
Well, that'd be with the people wonder why we haven't got Ireland and Scotland and these yeah. countries haven't got the players they used to have is because I don't think anybody goes out on the street on their own and boots the ball against the wall for hours and, and learns how to control it no, and then plays discreet games yeah. and, and learn how to get out away from a tackle of, of an 18 year old trying to kick a 12 year old yeah I mean who coached Messi nobody yeah, that's, that's... He, coached, he coached himself well, even if they did try and coach him he did what he mm. he does what he does right because yeah, he's no. learned that he's learned how to go past people and yeah but I'd say he had that ba- those basic that basic skill set. Don't forget he, he joined Barcelona, Barcelona when he was fourteen. No, he didn't go to Barcelona because he was hopeless. <laughs> no. He had something already. Exactly. He'd been on the street for so many years, yeah. taking people on, and, and it's like you say they nurture it then and they bring all your things together to make you yeah become and then a you professional become a pro, footballer. And then, as you say, you get into a team with Kenny Dalglish and people like that my dad said to me before I went away you know he said when you go away you'll get better because you're playing with better players all the time Yeah, and it was exactly right once you're playing with players who see your movement you know playing League of Ireland I'm not not disrespect to the lads I played with but I'm seeing things at 16 and I'm I'm thinking they'll see it yeah and they weren't seeing it but you go away then and you're playing with top players so you don't have to think about it you know they're going to move you know they know you're going to put it there yeah that's, yeah. what, that's what Rushy found as well with Kenny Kenny said if I play the ball I know where you are so just run right. so Rushy didn't run and Kenny played the ball Yeah. and Rushy looked at him and Kenny screamed at him Yeah. and Rushy said from then on I just made the run and the ball came Yeah. so that's what happens when you play with good players you make yeah. the run they'll put the ball there for yeah, you I saw Ian Rush play Jack's first game and, you know, was against game. Wales yeah. in Lansdowne Road as it then was uh, it was a friendly game and Ian Rush was playing for Wales and I'd never seen him play live before, but I thought he, he was one of the greatest players I'd ever seen. He scored a goal on the day, but that wasn't the point. The, the amount of work that he did off the ball, the positions he took up, I thought he was a stunning player. He was, um, he was our first line of defence. Once yes. he made a move, yeah. then people reacted to him. Yeah, from behind, and we usually want to f- fire up the pitch. They talk about it now, don't they? With all these teams yeah. pressing and fire up the pitch and all that, yeah. but it was just Russia would go, and then the centre back is now struggling a little bit to find a pass. Yeah, and then the people behind all pushed up, and then you win it back higher up, and then I helped him goal scorer was he? Great, deadly. Yeah, uh, pe- but that's why that's f- what people but talk about. So much all more the time. than yeah, that, that for me that yeah. people didn't recognise was the work rate you'd done. Can I just go back on that um, left back yeah. position? Yeah, yeah, our next game in, in was against Brazil in Dublin. Yeah, and Jack come to me before the game, and um, he said um, Chris Shooting's fit again, so I'm going to play him left back. And I'll tell you what, he said, you can be on the bench. This is the way he spoke to me. You yeah. can be on the bench as if I was going to be delighted, yeah. and then you can come on any position then, and I can get you on. <laughs> and, and I just looked at one of the greatest teams in Europe. I just looked at him and I went. I'll tell you what I said listen I said I've played everywhere for you I've played left back right back centre midfield left midfield right midfield I've played where everywhere you've asked me to play I said everyone's fit and now you drop me I said yeah. you're completely out of order but it's your decision and I walked away Yeah. and Mick Bourne come to me at lunchtime and said um, Jack wants to see you yeah. <laughs> went to see Jack first time I've ever known him to change his mind really he said yeah. okay he said you're playing left back Jesus. because you've done that and you were one of the top players in England at the time, well, I was right? only getting in left back yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's extraordinary I mean the whole thing I mean uh, you, you could go on forever with the Jack one because the, yeah. you go to the Russia <coughs> game if, if you wanted the performance well I want to know yeah let's just take the the going to the Euros in 88 um, and the game against England which is the first game yeah. and the one everyone remembers mm. um, 
uh, that experience on the, I mean Packy I thought saved us on the oh, day yeah. no, the, uh, we you know, on, after Ray we, it was a hang on job wasn't it yeah we really hung on that day and I've watched that I've watched what that what position game. did he play at that time I played centre midfield then I was alright centre midfield right. it was me and, me and Paul I think played that yeah. day um, yeah. well Paul never played centre for, for Jack he, he always played in midfield he got injured then didn't he and then yeah. the, the Russia game I think Sheeds played um, Sheeds played centre midfield against Russia but I, I, I'd, I'd won leagues and I'd won the European Cup but just getting with your country to the European Championship yes. was a great experience of doing it. It, it it was just so big again yeah you know, the, the, okay the World Cup come after that and it was, and yeah. it was bigger again but to, to, the first time to qualify um, it was a great experience it was really really great experience yeah. and I was in Hanover I think it was the Russia game mm. uh, I was there because uh, I did the first one I wasn't I walked out of RT at the time I was watching it at home I'm working for the area it's on the independent mm. but I went to the game and that goal you scored against Russia which did come off your shin Ronnie a little bit <laughs> but it was I've seen Wayne Rooney score a goal recently well it was two yeah. years ago and I come nearly off his knee but it's the greatest overhead kick ever seen oh at, yeah at was that the game against Manchester City I, th- I can't remember it might have been I but, think, I just, yeah. but I just see it come off much higher up his shin yeah. than when mine did and mine is the shinner now but his is a great goal no, it was it was a stunning goal, and it, I, one of the things that struck me about that match, Ronnie, was um, for whatever reason, and you hopefully you can. I, can't, I, I know what you're going to say. This was the best football yeah. I, we ever played. There was no long ball stuff. We passed it. We moved. We should have really beaten them. Oh yeah, and they were a good side. Why? No idea. Did he say anything different? Nope. Never said a thing, and didn't say anything at half time to stop doing what you're doing. No, because we really played. Well, it was amazing that night because we, we, I don't know why it happened. Eamon, you ask any of the players, they don't know why it happened. Um, yeah. It just seemed something was probably on at the time and, and a few of us probably used our heads and thought, well, these are dropping off. So we can't a, get in behind There's them, a so parallel to that, Ronnie. The Trapatoni game in Paris when we, the yeah. ham, with the yeah. only handball. handball. Now, we played amazing mm. football that night. I mean, the goal we scored, it was it's like brilliant move involving yeah. Damien Duff Robbie stuck it in in the end but we passed the ball all night so I suppose these things are just freaky things I was still friendly with Jack oh yeah and after that match um, uh, I explained he, he said come back to the hotel because John had introduced me to him because I had a fight with him the first day I arrived here at press conference but that's but John said no nah, I'm as alright so, so now I was his mate so yeah. he, he said I went back to the hotel and I was having a drink at the bar and he said uh, do you want to come in and eat with us we have a private room and it was Mick Byrne Morris Setters and him I said it would, that wouldn't be a good idea Jack <laughs> the lads don't like me there's no way he said fuck him he said <laughs> we're coming in and you're coming in with me so he dragged me into the room and the, the players were just over the other side of the room and we sat down at the table and of course immediately Stapleton who didn't like me McCarthy yeah they were the I two I sort of remember those people getting up and leaving they, they got up and left the room and I said to Jack I, I told you Jack he fuck him he said <laughs> he just was it was like yeah. a, a, it was like a scene out of a movie but he, he was like that Jack wasn't he it, it doesn't not he wasn't one that really cared. I think some great managers are, are like that. They don't care. Yeah. Now if they upset you or, or whatever. If they're not playing you, it's not. I'm not doing it because I don't like you. I'm doing it because I think it's better for the team. Yeah. I, I, we 
I just finished with Jack because I want to get on to the rest of your life. <laughs> but um, in 1990, yeah. uh, Italia 90, you captain Liverpool to win the league um, uh, the season before? I win the cup 89. We lost out in the league to Arsenal. That's right, I'd yeah. Captain. But you were captain Liverpool. Yeah. Um, you scored this fantastic goal, uh, league cup goal, top corner at Wembley. That was three you scored at Wembley? Yeah. In finals? Yeah. Um, did you enjoy the Wembley thing? I loved the Wembley thing, yeah. That's, uh, lots that, of space on the pitch. Yeah, all that. But it was like we all, people always said, really draining. The, the grass was, I don't know, there was something about the pitch that you got cramped and things like that. But it goes back to the childhood of getting up on Saturday morning. Yes. And, yeah. And putting the telly on at 10 o'clock and staying there till 5 o'clock in the afternoon when someone gets the cup. And that was. Yeah. That all plays in your mind when you when you're walking through the tunnel and things like that. So there was, a, yeah, Wembley. I loved. Uh, it was everything that yeah. as a kid. Yeah, you're going on that the bus. Imagine the crowd are all along Wembley Way and, and, and things yeah. like that. So yeah. Now um, the second tragedy and by far the worst experience I'm sure you had uh, as a footballer uh, was Hillsborough yeah. in '89. Um, again, a cup game, cup semi final. Semi final, Forest. Uh, not Forest. Uh, this um, tragedy has only just been, well, it'll never be resolved for the victims, mm. but uh, at least some justice has been done in recent times. Yeah. Um, what do you remember about how that unfolded? Because again, there was a sense of it before the match began, wasn't there? Um, there was. When we were out there, yeah, before the game, kicking, having a kick around before the game, yeah, it it, it was there was a, again a feeling. It looked as if something was going on, but you couldn't put your finger on what it was. Yes. Um, yeah. Now we did our stuff. Again, we went back into the dressing room, and then you start hearing things. Yes. So the game was delayed, I think, for a bit. Was it? Maybe not. Yes, it was. It was. Yeah. And then when we kicked off, I think a lot of it was. Like the case of Peter Beardley hit the crossbar in the first couple of minutes and I think people had still not got in and yep. because they hit the crossbar and they heard the scream yes. there was a rush then right um, and then it was six minutes past three wasn't it yeah when, when they called the game off referee come to me and he said listen there's, there's problems behind the goal we have to get yes. we have to get you off the pitch when we went back into the dressing room it was again it was like Heisel was sitting there be ready you're going back out this yeah. is alright it's just trouble uh, um, then you see Kenny had to go out and speak to the people to sort of push back or wherever some lad when the door opened some lad run through by the mm. dressing room shouting and screaming there's people dying out there you can't go back out you yes. can't go back out and then you're sitting there wondering what the hell is going on you're wondering about your family where are they my missus was in the stand anybody else I know but you just yes. you are really left in the dark about it yeah. there's something and then later on it was like there's, there's been fatalities and the game will not go ahead I mean how you I assume with that said you've been in Liverpool a long time um, and had an affinity with the people they are great people as Castle said yeah yeah, yeah. They, 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 they really are like the, yeah, the, the Dubliners they like a beer they have yeah. a laugh they will help you they'll do anything they yeah. can for you and you had to go to funerals yes we went we, I believe Kenny Dalgleish Kenny Dalgleish went to every funeral I'm not I, I, I'm not 100% sure whether he went that's to every funeral that's what they said you know yeah. but, but it, the, we always made I think the club always made sure there was some player two or three players yes. at every funeral mm. so every funeral was attended by a player mm. Um, 
me and Jim went to a lad called Ian Whelan. Jim Beglin, those, yeah. Sorry, Jim Beglin, yeah. yeah. A, a lad called Ian Whelan, whose nickname was Ronnie. Yeah, um, yeah. Came from Warrington. Me and Jim went to his funeral. You sometimes feel like an intruder, you know. Of course, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm part of the reason why we're here, but it's yeah. not a very good no. reason why we're here. You yeah. went to watch a football match, and you, as a kid, haven't come home. Yes. Um, and you, you, you sort of sit yourself in. But the you bond... You don't make yourself available. Yeah. You just sort of... You're there. But a bond, I think, was forged between the people of Liverpool and the football club. That would I, be stronger. Uh, do you agree I, with I, that I, or not? I was, no, I, it was, I think there's always been a huge bond between the supporters and the football club at right. Liverpool. Yes. And this has probably brought everyone closer. Yeah, it wouldn't have... Yes. It, it has brought the whole thing closer. Um... But I don't think it was just just um, Hillsborough that brought no the, the fans. Closer. You think it was always there? Yeah. I mean, Liverpool is. Uh, I follow Liverpool. I'm a Liverpool fan. Always was. But I mean, it, it, would it be fair to say that there's a, the distinction between say Manchester United and Liverpool? Manchester United is made for corporate hospitality, the prawn sandwiches. An awful lot of people you see in the crowd are from abroad, you know, from Asia and places like that. Whereas Liverpool isn't that kind of that at all it's well, a, you, it's you get a real sense it's a real community and prawn sandwiches wouldn't s taste uh, the same yeah I wouldn't go as far as the prawn sandwiches no, but, no, at Anfield but um, you are seeing Eamon in football in England in general now if you go does it there's a smattering of everything yeah. from Scandinavian to Chinese right. to Japanese yeah. to yeah. all e over the world even at Liverpool yeah because Liverpool's a huge brand it's, that's, that's what they are now, isn't it? Yeah. Football clubs are a brand, and they want to get people coming from China and, and because they spend money. Um, they want to get people coming from India. Uh, God, yeah. God helps the, the, the first team they get an Indian footballer. <laughs> they're going to really, really <laughs> rake it in. Now, um, the, to go back to Jack, yeah. Italian 90, um, because I was on I the I thought you forgot about it. Well, I, I haven't forgot about it because I think it's one of the greatest. I want to get to the bottom of it first. Yeah, because we, we, I'll try. I, 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 I got to the end of it. I got the plane home before the plane the team was coming on and your mum and dad were on the plane and I'd been advocating, for you, yeah. ag agitating for your selection yes. uh, on the basis that you were by far the best player <laughs> we had. Now, so you, you went... And you had a bit of an injury at the start. I broke my foot. Right. Before, I broke my foot at Arsenal, and which Liverpool had not diagnosed very, very quickly because there was nothing showing up on x-rays. And then I, I had to go for a bone scan in the end and I had a fracture in the, in the inside of my foot, along with three healing fractures in my toes as well, which right. we didn't think about then. Yes. We, we played with them. Yeah. But I, I, had to, I was put in plaster then. Um come through it and then was okay when I went right. to you're fit yes but we were doing shooting one day and I'd done my thigh when we were out there right. in the warm up and then um, where I can't remember where we were but they had no ice so they decided and I'm sure it was Mick I'll put Mick in, in it they got me some dry ice from somewhere yeah and they put the dry ice in a towel and put it on my thigh and they left it on for like 15-20 minutes when we tried to take it off it was stuck <laughs> to my thigh Yeah. and I'm having to use hot water to get this 
Jesus. block of ice off my leg. Right. And then I come up in big blisters. <laughs> it was funny, actually. We were training then the AOL and the blisters burst and, and thing. But I was feeling okay. Yeah. Now, I said after the Egypt... Was it the Egypt game or the... What was the first game? The first game... Second uh, game was Egypt. Yeah. First game was... First game was England, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't it? It was, wasn't it? Italia 90. Sheets. Yeah. Sheets scored, yeah. 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 Right, so I, I, I was declared uh, not fit for that game. the second game. Yeah. And then I said I was fit. Um, and Jack said... Now, Jack picked the team and the subs. Mm. And I wasn't involved. And I booted the ball yeah. over the top of the stand. This is mainly, before the Egypt game. Yeah. yeah. Mainly to say that my thigh's all right. Yeah. Look, I've just booted that ball over there. Yeah. And Jack said, who's, did, who's kicked that there? And I said, I did. And he went, I'll oh, just go and train. But then I said, I, I was, I've got my stubborn kid head on then. And I went, well... You were right. Well, I said, if I'm not fit, I'm not training. Yeah. Uh, how can I be, how how your, can I be not fit and train? How would your relationship been with Jack in general? Oh, the only falling outs we ever had was about football. Why, yeah, no, of course. Yeah, yeah. No, but, but that was it. I got on all right with Jack. But yeah. come football terms when he wouldn't play me, I didn't. I wasn't happy, and I wasn't going to be his but best it was, friend. It was, it was, it was a lot. There was a lot of people closer to him than me. Yeah. But was, I'd say hello. I'd be civil all the time and good morning and have a laugh. Could it be that you were a genuinely great player? Coming playing for a genuinely great club, and maybe that uh, Jack was a bit of a bully. I mean, he had nice uh, characteristics. It could and, be. It could uh, be a bully, you know, most definitely. And that just he was, he may have liked to dig you out now and again. Well, I, well was he doing that with Liam? Was he doing that with Dave well, he did, O'Leary? He did it with Liam. Well, is, is, was it the same thing that he was trying to do? Well, Listen, like, if I can leave him out, I can leave any years out. Yeah, well that's, well, that's what he did with Liam, you know, in Lanzarote against uh, yeah. Germany. I mean... And he took him off. He took him off after Germany scored, straight away. Mm-hmm. And he told John afterwards, he said, I had to do it, John. I wanted to... Something I wanted different. to show the people that okay. he was, wasn't was able to do it anymore. Because tr- the implication was, if, you, if you're taken off after you've conceded a goal, that you were the person responsible. So... John said, you know, how did you, could you do that? And that's what he was like, you know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, you didn't play against Egypt, and we all know what happened. Um, I threw me pen. But it, yeah. it was it was because we were so awful. I mean, what was it like? Sit there, watch that. I was, when you're not, you know, you're not involved and you're looking at it and you're thinking, this is, surely I can do a little so bit. So it must have been a bad experience. The whole I didn't enjoy it, no. No, but a bad experience. Terrible experience, you know, of getting to a World Cup. You've always wanted to do it. Um, yeah. And I was at the Holland match again, you know. I, I came on a sub, didn't I? I got to yeah. 15, 20 minutes. By, but by it, that the time game the was two, over then, wasn't it? Because both sides knew a draw. Two teams were talking to each other. But they, it was funny, the Dutch lads were going, you have to pass it. Don't keep just giving it back to the goalkeeper <laughs> and kicking it. Pass yeah. it, make it look as like... Because yeah. we're both through if it's a draw. And now you're, you're through uh, to Romania. Yeah. Penalty shootout. And you're out of it. That's yep. a terrible feeling. That was a horrible feeling, yeah. yeah. And you're trying to cheer. And you're fit. And I'm fit. I feel I'm fit. I'll I, I tell you what happened. Before we played the Dutch, Jack was thinking about going three at the back. Yeah. So he played three centre-backs, and he played at the team with three centre-backs, and then the ones, the subs, like myself, who, who was supposed to be unfit, we played against them. Kinger even played right back for, for us against right. the, the first team. Yeah. 
and I was playing centre midfield and I felt really really good and I'm, tr- I'm trying to give out orders to people I said just keep putting her in the corner let's go do to them Yeah. they couldn't handle it right. and Jack stopped after 15 minutes went no that's not that's not right we're not doing this we're not doing this but I, I felt now I've got a chance Yeah. yeah. because I've been I looked yep. fit and I was getting yeah. around the pitch and I was yeah. doing everything and I was wasn't happening I wasn't getting in and we got to the quarter final against Italy and again I, mean, I, I tell you what I, mean, I love John Sheridan right yeah yeah. but I cannot say that Shares was ever a greater player no, no, than no. me ah, no that's ridiculous now I felt this was the only time where Jack got to me as I want to get here with this one right it's, it's probably wrong to say it but I, it was what I felt because he put Shares on yeah. Fifteen twenty minutes to yeah, go, yeah. and left me sitting there. Still. No, I know it was uh, it was horrendous. Uh, uh, I, that that decision I couldn't understand. No, now, that's I why to, I, I talked to Cass, and he was saying that him and Andy Townsend were saying at some stage that if if we're not going well and it's not going with us, um, one of us one of us get say we're injured and try and get Ronnie on. Yeah, but so it, it was never going to happen if Jack didn't I mean, want it, to put me on. You're not someone to put yourself about or to t- to be boastful or anything like that, but it. it it, that, it was driving me crazy because uh, we needed quality on the By pitch. By all accounts, somebody said for, that was on the bench when I went on against Holland after a couple of minutes, Jack went, I told you he's not fit, look at him. Yeah, but I mean, we are in the quarterfinal of the World yeah. Cup and we have... We still a chance. Yeah, we, we have a player who can play. We have a player who can score goals. We have a player who's just playing for one of the best teams in England who's done it when we... You know, cup final, just been a great, great player, and he's sitting on the bench. It one, it is. I'd one love of the to maddest. know his reason, but we will never know the reason. No, but I would love to know what his point was. But I do mm. feel that that point was well. You know, you've been a pain. So yeah, I'm. I just you know, it, it it was a bad experience in your career. That was the worst experience in my career. Yeah, and um, just to um, go back to your career down at Liverpool. I mean, how long did it go after 1990? I was still there. Four years, I was still there, but never did. Suey come in then, didn't he? Just yeah, as soon as I had been a colleague yeah. of all you guys, yeah. and he came in with the big stick, did he? Yeah, I, I, again, I don't know why Suey wanted to do it that way, because no. I used to get on... I still get on, yeah. get on great with Suey still. Yeah. But when, when he's a manager and you're a player, and he started to do some weird things. And heavy training... And stuff that was like pre-season that started yeah. Ronnie Moran and Roy Evans were doing their old Liverpool pre-season yeah, yeah. Suey and Phil Bowersman wanted to add a bit more and then we had five or six Achilles injuries right because it was just <laughs> a big overload pre-season but I don't know what happened with Suey but I thought he would have come back in brought players in some of the players he brought in okay you, you have an image of Suey he's a hard man tough yeah. on the pitch he was but he was a magnificent footballer oh he was yeah. but he yeah. brought in like some Ruddock and Paul Stewart and yeah. um, Julian Dix supposedly hard men but yeah. not in a way that no, no, no. Suey was no. hard yeah um, and and they weren't up to a calibre of what Liverpool had had over the years and I think that's why Liverpool have failed for so long is that the calibre of player has gone down a notch to what it used to be in that in them yeah and, and just to, to just look at finally at, at the game you know as it is today because you're still one of the best analysts and of it and the uh, even though you don't like 
uh, you don't agree with me about Wes Houlihan and the horrible article he wrote from the, in, the, in the Evening Herald you can get full of this you can get this in the Evening Herald um, no but everyone is entitled to one blind spot I just want to ask you about Klopp Pep Guardiola in particular and this whole idea now because you did play with some of the greatest defenders in the history of the game uh, really uh, and this idea that you know, defenders aren't important, and that you can uh, you can keep a team at bay by keeping the ball. Don't give them the ball. Deny them the ball the way Barcelona used to do. The great Barcelona yeah. team, and then you don't need defenders. That's essentially what Pep appears to be saying. Klopp is a different thing. You'll defend higher up the field. You. Yeah. Would you agree with me that just? You need great defense. Liverpool couldn't have won the things they won when you were there and before you were there without the great defenders, the Hansons, the Lawrences. And I'll go back to 79 with Phil Thompson and them. I think Phil they conceded yeah. 14 goals in a season. Yeah. And Man United, when they won the Premier League a few years ago, yeah. fairly, it was uh, not, I think, the second last time they won it. 14 goals. In Arsenal? The yeah, Arsenal. Yeah, same. 1 0 to the Arsenal. So this is one of the big things that's involved now, and you've—I know you've watched I it. You were in Monaco last week uh, to see Manchester City in Monaco. They Just in, in your them. view, you have to have a balance in the team. Most definitely, if you, you, yes, you should go forward, and it's great to see all the lovely football. But yes, you've got to be able to defend. I don't think they teach them anymore. I don't think they teach them one on one. You know, yeah. you're always should take them yeah. away from the goal. Take them, yeah. They're showing them inside onto the right foot. Classically, that goal for Calgon and the chip. Yeah, I don't know what they teach. So I, I, you know, you'd love to go into a club and go. When do you do defending? Uh, well, we're not bothered because they'll score four. But they're not always going to score four. Mm. And then I, then I go on to the Mourinho the other day, where he had six at the back. It's a yeah. completely different thing when they were. I can't, who did they play? <laughs> I don't know. But he had four centre backs and two full backs. Yeah. Now that's going beyond. Yeah. But he was defending the lead. Yeah. Um. So you can. Let him away with it a little bit. Well, but one thing about Mourinho, right? Mourinho's teams don't give up cheap goals. Well, that's different and, to. And you shouldn't. No, I don't think you're ever going to be really. If you keep giving goals away, I don't think you can be. Except if you're Barcelona, obviously. But you can't be really that successful if you keep giving goals away all the time. You cannot guarantee a centre forward is going to score a goal. A final question, Ronnie, um, because I know a lot of Liverpool fans, like I am, listening. Um, because you don't give a lot of interviews to keep your head down you're not a media tark like me um, he, I love him I love the way he started out uh, but I'm beginning to question uh, if he's going to buy defenders if he knows what a good defender is or indeed if he can find one out there uh, that's, the, that's the whole thing isn't it if yeah. you know what they are and Matip hasn't been too bad right. not, the, the, Lovren at times has been good but too often they make stupid yeah. mistakes yeah. the goalkeepers haven't been great no I think there's a big period for him in the summer he's improved a lot of the forward players oh, yeah, Lallana Firmino and bounds. Firmino's very good but we we hadn't seen him a lot before then but we'd seen a lot of Lallana we know yeah. Lallana Mane's been very Mane's good Mane's great yeah. but Goodbye. this is a big summer for him Yeah, he needs a left back definitely he can't keep playing Milner there no no he needs another centre back if not two and he needs a top class striker right 20 well, goals it's a year man yep. well if it's it's, it's been yeah it's they're difficult to find they're expensive they're scoring a lot of goals it. it's not as if they're not scoring goals they scored more goals in the Premier League than anyone else this year yeah but again 
defensively we go yeah. back to it the, and that's going to be the test down. for him this is the big test because if it goes the same way half this time next year if we're still conceding goals you have to start asking questions of what, what's really going on yeah it looks great going forward but we're never going to win anything if you keep conceding goals ok Ronnie it's been absolute joy to talk to you thank you very much for for doing this and I forgive you for Wes <laughs> <laughs> Wes is not playing tonight that's the great Ronnie Peter <laughs> yeah. Thanks, cheers Raymond thank you small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.